Today's episode of Musings with Jesus. Um, that was a song by um, T.D. Jakes, Your Majesty. And, you know, it's the reason why I just, I usually don't do that. I usually don't play, you know, 
music on you know proprietary music on on my podcast but i just wanted to share this because i i wanted to you know the song has been just this song has been coming to me ringing in my head like inspiring me to worship for like the past two weeks and i think that it's just it's it's the song of the season for me and it's such a powerful song and it's a song it's really quite old i think since year 2000 or so because i know i was part of a choir when we did this song then and it was it's really quite old but and but it's so powerful it's so you know it it's you know and it just made me realize you know I, i'm i'm a worshiper when i say i'm a worshiper i am someone who i i love worship um i come from a country or a part of the world that really you know culturally we do praise you know where we praising you know praising in this part of our culture and all that so oh sorry so for us sorry so for us praise what is a is a very intuitive thing and and worship to some extent but even the worship that we do is almost like praise worship you know but then there's the worship that is just worship you know for the sake of like you're just worshiping you're just worshiping the awesomeness you are reverencing you are you know you're not even making any requests you're not asking for anything you're just worshiping and that's what i like about this song it doesn't say anything about oh you know it doesn't say anything all it says is i worship you in the beauty of holiness i bow to you because you know you are my righteousness you are royalty so i crown you king of kings is it's literally saying i worship you because you are you are god you know that's all it's it's just talking about who god is and you know for me one of the things that i really really despair about about our modern our modern and contemporary worship i mean um, practice of the faith is how we've reduced god to somebody that we only approach because we want something because you know at the end of the day this life will pass away everything we want we desire on this earth it will pass away then after that what does that mean that means there's no more need for god then if god is just someone that we go to because we need things what then happens when life comes to an end and there's no need for anything anymore you know i mean there's just no need there's no need when i mean i mean imagine the whole world we all know the world is going to come to an end at some point so when that point comes and then there's nothing to compare anyone with there's no oh my child went to this school or that person's child or we were born the same time he has this i don't have that or i would like to have this i want to be the richest man in the world all of that ceases to exist this entire world as we know it ceases to exist what then does that mean we don't we no longer need god what happens then and you know it's funny that I I never really I I think it's it's clearer to me now how fickle and fleeting it is to live a life where all we're doing is pursuing things. When Jesus used to when I used to read the the um the teachings of Jesus when he used to say those things, I felt oh my goodness this is such a higher way of thinking. I used to admire Jesus because I felt he was so you know I don't is it esoteric you know because he had such a high sense of purpose and I always admired people. Who were like that and i felt oh how nice that they can actually be that you know high thinking but now i realize that it's not so much about admiring them because they are they they are thinking higher it's really because they are seeing the truth they are seeing the true state of things whereas we have been taken over by a lie and when i say we i mean those of us who are still very much consumed with you know 
the, the, the whole structure of this life that is fleeting, that will pass away. Isn't it so bizarre <laughs> that we, all of us live on this earth as though we're not going to die one day? It's amazing. We all, we all, we believe we are going to be here forever and we all know that we're going to not be here forever. I think it is more real to some people, people with terminal illnesses who have actually been given like a clock and said, okay, you have one month or three months. For those people, they're living a different reality. And you find out that because the world doesn't really prepare us for that, those, for some people, you know, living with that can be very, very tough. Some cultures, I think, handle it better than others. Africans handle it very poorly. Africans, we don't prepare ourselves for death at all, which is really bizarre because we have a, you know, where, I mean, our life expectancy is, is much lower than other parts of the world because of lack of emergency services, poor health care, insecurity, you know, just inefficient and corrupt governance, that kind of thing, public services not working efficiently, if at all, you know. So, but culturally, we, we, we carry on as though we're going to live forever. So this song has just been singing because I just realized that I, I'm, I'm glad that there is a God that is holy, that is good, and that will one day take me out of this place. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly so glad. I'm glad that this world does not represent who God is, and that there is a greater good, there is a higher purpose, that there is something better than this world. I am really quite disenchanted at this world, to be honest. I, I, and I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe, I, I guess, I wasn't always like this, so I think the last three years has just showed me a different side of life and i was like what you mean this is what this world is all about and it's not like i didn't know i mean i lost a parent when i was pretty young you know and all that so i i very early on i saw how life was in fact from age five literally my life changed from one day to the next and i think maybe that's why i'm at this point now because even though i had periods of like okay that's in the past and then god healed me from you know whatever pain sorrow and all that i think in this later life now seeing being able to look back and some of the things i've also i went through i just realized man this 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 world is not it i mean i'm sorry we're here and yes we'll make the best of the time that we're here we'll live for god but for me it's just i'm at that point that solomon was when he wrote all those things saying vanity vanity all is vanity because for me it's like you wake up in the morning you get you know everything that you do i don't really see the impacts for a world that is completely messed up like it is and a world that we all know that at some point is going to come to an end that's just me what i think i get a sense of value from is from a purpose that is higher than today that is higher than now so yes impact in the lives of people making people you know happy joyous bringing them to christ you know salvation deliverance from darkness in fact i think for me those are the things that count so much more now and whatever it is that brings joy, that brings healing, wholeness, and reconciles people to God and makes them, you know, see him and experience him and get their own express tickets, you know, escape, first of all, from the clutches of the devil while on earth, and then express first-class tickets to heaven when they live here. Because honestly, I mean, I remember there was a joke I saw somewhere many years ago. The person said, oh my goodness, that you cannot, ex- that it would be terrible to have experienced hell on earth in nigeria and then also go to the real hell after here i mean that would be horrible but beyond you know life after this i think what i like most about god is that he's he's not just he's his word i don't know how to explain it you know even if he wasn't likable you would 
you would still have to worship him because he's God and his creator. But what I see is that he's 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 so good. I mean, he's just I don't know how to explain it. He's just a you know how you can have a parent and be very proud of that parent. And and not many people are like that, but I know people, I mean, you may, you know, you, how you, you someone is your parent, he's he's your father. But then things happen that make you feel like, oh my goodness, my, man, this guy is really special. Man, I'm so proud of you, dad. You know, so it's not just you being proud because he's your daddy. Because either way, you have to honor him anyway because he's your dad. But now you get to the point where you now realize, my goodness, I, I'm really lucky to have this person as my father. Exactly. That's how I feel about God. Yeah, that's how I feel about him. So he's God. I would have had to reverence him. I would have to seek him out anyways because he's creator and he has the power of life and death and eternity and all that is in his hand. But, you know, looking at him now, it's not so much about, oh, yes, you are all that. And I thank God. I'm happy that you are all that. And, you know, you have all this power and privilege and all that and access and everything. But you're a good guy. You know, you're you're a good God. You're a good person. You are... You are a wonderful God, you know. You everything that you are, you deserve it. Not just because, you know. I I don't know how to explain it. You are you are worthy of your name. When you call yourself the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it's not just you saying it. You are really worthy of that name. You are great. He's great. He's mighty. He's he's glorious. He's kind. He's precious. You know. So, I I I I identify with the spirit of this song. It says, "I worship you in the beauty of holiness." I lift my hands to you. For you are my righteousness. You are royalty. And that's the thing. God is God is the ultimate king. Royalty, king, princely. Not because he calls himself a king, but he's actually royalty. Everything that the honor, the, the majesty, the glory, the preciousness, the value, anything that you can associate with what royalty is, that is who God is. He says, so I crown you king of kings. And so, you know, when, the first time I heard this song, when he says, I crown you king of kings, I was like, how can I as a man say I want to crown you king of kings? But this is a willing subject. Someone saying, I recognize you as king. I, I, I willingly submit to your authority over my life. I, I give myself to you. I, I offer, you know, it's such an act of worship. It's like, yes, you, 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 you are king. I'm not just king of the world, but you are king of my life. You are lord of my life. And I, yeah, I think that's, that's it. So he's saying you are the majesty of the heavens and the earth, but you are also my majesty. And this is quite, as I'm thinking about this, this is very significant because that is what the devil refused to do. The devil got to a point where he felt, you know, he wanted to be like the most high. In other words, he didn't want to submit to the most high anymore. He didn't want the majesty to be his majesty he felt he could also compete so he was doing the opposite of everything that this song talks about he didn't want to reverence god he didn't want to see him as the only holy god he didn't want to bow to god anymore and that everything this song says i reverence you for only thou art holy i bow to you and it says, I'll forever feel your glory. You are royalty. So I crown 
of King. Oh, you are royalty. So I crown you King of Kings. Your majesty. Your majesty. So that's um yeah it's it's just really really awesome and there's a point when the lead singer says to him who sits on the throne you know and unto the lamb and you know it's I I'm glad that when my life on earth ends I have the hope of being reconciled with the father I'm also glad that while I'm on earth I can worship and I can reverence him and I can feel his glory in my life in my heart and this song is just reminding me because for a very long time I think I have also not been having my worship time with the Lord and all that. This song just is bringing me back to that heart of worship that I used to have. It is a good thing to just worship God. I mean, let's let's let you know. Let's forget about all the things that we need. Let's just worship Him in the beauty of holiness. Just worship and reverence Him for who He is because He is worthy. He is worthy of that worship. He's so He's so great and mighty and. A lot of things have happened to me in this this month and you know just made me really see how how invested God is in my life and in all, in the lives of all those who you know who whose heart is dear towards him or, or who 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 want to know him and I find that so many things have happened you know this month where things seem to just be going a certain kind of way and I just prayed and I asked God to take control and he came and just took control in a mighty way and in the last two months he has been affirming his call upon my life in terms of when he sent you know when opportunities come speaking opportunities come and people say shola come and speak here come and speak here and all i always before i go into those sessions i pray and i ask god i say let your voice speak through me all of you and less of me you know none of me and i say glorify yourself let your name be glorified he's he's confirming his ministry and call over my life you know god shows up the every single time in those occasions the sessions you know they exceed my expectations even though i set very high expectations he will still manage to exceed it it's so glorious at the end of the day i will just know that it is him his name will be glorified he just takes control and it's very comforting and validating because then i know that god is with me because when i look at the life of the apostles everybody could see that Jesus was with them. In fact, the reason why there was so much persecution against them even after Christ had ascended is because they, there was there was power. You know, they were they, they were causing a lot of disruption in society and communities. Everywhere they went, they were really turning places upside down for Jesus. So, it, it was the 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 civil authorities couldn't just tolerate it. So they, they, they chased them, they killed them, they stoned them, they burnt them alive, they threw them to lions. There was nothing they did not do to, you know, to destroy them, to, get, uh, to make them not continue their work. So it is, it is not possible for you as a Christian to be following Christ, to be walking 
in the power of the Most High God, this majesty that we're talking about, and it is not being confirmed by the Holy Spirit with power and, and signs and wonders. It must be glaring to people that God has called this one. Something is going on. I believe that this whole thing that has happened where um, we have so-called men, men of God making the, not raising disciples, but raising people who are chasing miracles has taken away the power that should have happened because every disciple, according to the biblical Christian model, is supposed to be a fisher of men. Every Christian is supposed to go with there is a power of God. The Bible says, As many as believe them, he gave them the power to be called the sons of God. He didn't say as many as he called to be pastors, he never made those distinctions. Jesus said that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, in your name, everybody that believes, they will cast out demons, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall be recovered. He did not say it was only for a few. And he did not say Christians should be going around chasing miracles, which is what we're seeing. And it's in my part of the world. Christians gathering together to pray just for themselves. I never saw anything like that in, 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 in the uh, New Testament. Yes, they had prayer sessions for themselves, but they prayed more for the gospel, for the work of the kingdom. Knowing that as they seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness, all these other things will be added unto them. They put God first. They put the gospel of the kingdom first. That is the scriptural template. I keep telling myself, I mean, I'm an African. I'm a black African and I'm very pan-Africanist. The only reason why I believe the scriptures as written by people from Jewish and, Ara and Aram um, Aramaic cultures is because I believe that it is the word of the God that created the heavens and the earth. If I didn't believe so and I hadn't had a personal experience with that God, why would I be believing something, following something that has no visible connection to my culture on earth? I mean, if I want to look at it that way. Although the Bible is not just a book about Jewish people, it's a book about all peoples because Adam was not a Jew. Very important to make that distinction. In fact, the first Jew was Jacob, really. Abraham was not a Jew either. The nation of Israel started with Jacob. And from then on, Jesus came through um, God. So even Jesus was not really a Jew because neither the, he didn't have an earthly father or a mother. But then the nation of Israel was the vehicle through which he came. Yes. But that nation also rejected him. And God did that so that Christianity would not be seen as a ethnic religion in the same way as some other religions may be, even though they, are, they, have, they may have become a little bit more international. Christ himself did not have an earthly father. He did not have an earthly mother. But the point I'm trying to make is that it is the Bible that is the authority, not the words of men, however powerful they may seem to be. So if at any time people are not teaching what is in the Bible or they are not causing me, empowering me to do what Jesus said I should do, who will I follow, them or Jesus, them or the Bible? I will follow the Bible because the Bible is very clear. It's very clear about what God expects us to be as Christians. He tells us we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. He tells us that 
we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He tells us that every believer has the power to become the son of God. Every believer has the Holy Spirit and should receive the truth. He also tells us that we should be part of a fellowship of a church. He also tells us that we should, you know, that there are gifts, um, ministry gifts that are given over to us. He tells us to submit to the higher powers, yes. But he also tells us to test every spirit. He also tells us that if anybody comes to preach any other gospel that is separate from that which God has laid down in his Bible, we have the authority and the life and the, uh, and the support of God and the validation of God to shun that. And he expects that each one of us should study to show ourselves approved unto God. Not rely on what, in quotes, others are telling us. Paul told the disciples that if I come tomorrow and preach anything different from what you have said, I have said before, then don't listen to me. And the only way you can know what he preached before is by referencing it. So we all have to be students of the word of God so that we will know when somebody is preaching something that is not in line with the scriptures particularly when the scriptures is are very clear on it i will leave it at that because this was really just talking about how at the end of the day we are all accountable for how we the decisions and and choices that we make about god because ultimately it goes beyond this place it goes beyond and it's not when god when we get to heaven god's not going to ask which church did you go to i think some people <laughs> i think some people actually think that that god will, will, will there will be a registry according to church no it's going to be individual the bible says that every man will account for his own works he did not say every church as far as god is concerned one body one spirit one lord one baptism one blood he doesn't see denominations so at the end of the day, what God is going to test us by, is going to judge us by, is by his word and by against our own works. May his name be glorified in our lives forever and ever in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. God bless you.